If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Monday, August 28th, 2023 from Peachfish Productions. It's the gist. I'm Mike Pesca, and I have erred. I've miscalculated. I have blundered. I have sinned against you, my lord. Okay, maybe not sinned, but I've made mistakes. And if I look over my body of work, I can say, there were some times where I whiffed, goofed, and flubbed. I was wrong. And therefore, welcome to I Was Wrong Week. I want to apologize. I want them to know how very, very sorry I am. I shouldn't have done that. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior. I'm here today to again apologize for the personal mistakes I have made and the embarrassment I have caused. And I'm ashamed of that. That came out of my mouth, and I'm not that. That's not who I am, you know? And I know the rage they feel with me. Is there anybody you'd like to apologize to right now yourself? Ah, uh, no. No? I hurt you all. I hurt my wife. I hurt my boys. I hurt a lot of different folks. The sorrow I feel is genuine. But why? No, not why did I make the mistakes. Why even engage in the accounting? Well, for all the right reasons of post-performance review, but also it's interesting to me, and I hope to you, to identify the reasons I was wrong, the habits of mind mostly. We all make mistakes for self-serving reasons, meaning reasons that in the moment do something for us. An honest mistake, well, I just had the wrong information available. That's kind of self-serving too, because with the best information we had at that time, we come to the best conclusion using the best methods that we usually employ. That's self-serving because that process and sticking to that process serves you well right? You say to yourself, and hopefully if your process is okay, well, that's a true thing. I will orient my beliefs around this true thing that depends on the process that I engaged in. I'm more interested in reasons when the process isn't perfect, even if the product is incorrect, right? I'm talking about self-serving reasons we make mistakes. As I look back on my mistakes, I find that there are reasons related to ego, fear, and tribalism. There's another category of mistakes made out of laziness that I do in my personal life for corner cutting. I don't do that so much on the show, meaning if you look at examples where I came to the wrong conclusion, I wasn't putting in less time in those topics than I do in all the other topics with all the other research where I come to conclusions that I stand by to this day. So maybe there's something there. I don't know. If anything, we're maybe just working extra hard to justify our questionable conclusions. But let's talk about ego, fear, and tribalism. This week is entirely an exercise in confronting my ego. Because what I'm saying is, it's right to realize you're not always right. Mm, I'm not always right. The tribalism is 
that we are social animals and we want to say the thing that earns in-group approval. We consciously and subconsciously realize the costs of going against the group. In my case, the group is the audience or the general intellectual traditions I'm working within, to be pretty grandiose about it. But look, look at it this way. When I worked for NPR, it was pretty comfortable to come to NPR-like conclusions. And when I worked for Slate, the same thing. I maybe deluded myself to think that I was an outlier within each subculture, but I didn't think of myself as, you know, orders of magnitude different from the mean opinion within those organizations. And I don't want to do that now that I'm outside the organizations, by the way. I don't want to overcorrect or become an outlier in the other direction. It's all a fun, delightful balancing act. And so far, it's been very, very abstract. So I want to get into topic one of this week of I Was Wrong, the delightful issue of excess death due to the coronavirus in the country of Sweden. And that is up next. This episode is brought to you by The Jordan Harbinger Show. You've heard me talk about The Jordan Harbinger Show because it's one of my favorites. He does in-depth interviews with some of the world's most fascinating minds. I can name a few. Barbara Boxer, Anderson Cooper, Michael McFall, the Ukraine or Russia ambassador talking about Ukraine. One I recently listened to was Stanley McChrystal, the general, the former general. And he told uh, an interesting story about revering Robert E. Lee. But then, after having a portrait of him for 40 years, he's a 63-year-old man throwing it in the trash. Because his wife says, you know, what that picture and that man means to you, it doesn't mean to other people, and you have to understand that. And then in the interview, they got around to the point where McChrystal talked about that interview in Rolling Stone magazine that pretty much ended his career, where I uh, got to the desk of Barack Obama, and it had McChrystal saying unflattering things about the war effort and just how he talked to his wife and how they decided not to be bitter and not to wallow in. He could have taken some shots at the process, the reporter or the president at that point, but he didn't. It was just an overall good interview. It was facilitated by Jordan's excellent interview style. Whether Jordan is conducting an interview or giving advice to a listener, you will find something useful that can apply to your own life in every single episode of The Jordan Harbinger Show. That could mean learning how to ask for advice the right way or discovering a little mindset tweak that changes how you see the world. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R, like the first three letters in hard, B-I-N-G-E, as in how you'll want to catch up on all the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. In the early months of the COVID-19 pandemic, all the countries of the world had a choice to protect their citizens through lockdowns or to riot it out, hoping for herd immunity, or in the case of some autocracies and quasi-autocracies, just denying the effects of the virus. Every free country, to the extent they could, locked down, except for one, Sweden kept things going. They told their people to keep a distance, but also they kept the schools open, the coffee shops open, public transit open. I heard also the discotheques. For a while, it looked like it might work, and then quickly it looked like it wasn't working. Badly. 
So we first start from a replay of some of my spiel from May 7th, 2020. This will run six minutes. It contains quotes from Sweden's chief epidemiologist, Anders Tegnell, who was appearing on NPR's Planet Money Indicator show and was asked, Does it ever worry you that you've made the wrong decision? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody, at least everybody who has any kind of analytic mind, are worried about the decisions we're taking now. Everybody in every country is taking decisions never taken before. Anders says that he and his colleagues, they themselves have been discussing this constantly at the public cafe that they all go to. Of course, we're wondering if this is the right thing to do. I think we are doing the best things we can figure out, given the circumstances and the tools we have in place. And we're probably going to discuss this for decades to come, um, if this was the proper thing to do or not. Anders says so far, the Swedish public has been very supportive of their approach. He gets a lot of emails from people encouraging him to keep going. And he says there are signs that the death rate in Sweden might peak next week. But if it does not, if the death rate does continue to grow, then the government would likely have to consider a full lockdown. So that was almost a month ago. Yesterday, Tegnell was on CNBC and other forums armed with the statistics that he said would dictate his response. Statistics that said he would be driven by and would react to accordingly. Well, when that interviewed, the Planet Money interview that I played was taped, Sweden had never experienced a day with more than 100 COVID-19 deaths. The day it was posted, 114 people died. The death toll roughly tripled after that interview. For a country of 10 million to have recorded about 3,000 deaths makes Sweden one of the worst countries on earth for dealing with coronavirus. 14th in overall death, even though the population ranks 83rd in the world. Sweden has almost 30 deaths per thousand, which is higher than the U.S. It's actually Sweden, 28.88. Let's compare it to its neighbors. Denmark, 8.73 per thousand. Finland, 4.57. Norway, 4.06. Its policies have led to the deadliest outcomes in Scandinavia, by far, by a factor of three to seven. It is, abjectly speaking, one of the worst outcomes of any country in the world, which would be sad if that's all it was, a strategy that did not pay off, that is at least being learned from. But that is not the lesson learned. Tegnell was on The Daily Show a couple days ago. He told Trevor Noah this. Everybody in Sweden who needs a hospital bed have gotten a hospital bed for COVID-19 or for other diseases, so it's kept on working. And intensive care has even had at least 20% of the beds free at any given time. So in that respect, the strategy has been successful. We managed to keep the level of spread on a level below the threshold of the, of the health system, which I think is one very important part in any kind of strategy. Techno was also on CNBC today and said, quote, of course, there's a huge regret over the fatalities, but we're not really clear how that could have been avoided. Asked if Sweden could follow the same policy in any future outbreak, he answered, to a great extent, yes. And of course, Americans are taking that confidence or that answer and running with it if it suits their predispositions. So here is Clay Travis, who hosts a sports show called Outkick the Coverage. But he also talks a lot about coronavirus and freedom and the mainstream media as indulging in coronavirus fear porn. Sweden never shut down their schools. They never shut down bars and restaurants. They already are working rapidly towards herd immunity in the country. 26% of the country has already been exposed to the coronavirus. And they did a lot better 
than many other European countries. And I think it's going to be a fascinating study in the years ahead to ask the question, was there any benefit at all to the lockdown? You know, I think it's a fascinating and somewhat predictable study in motivated reasoning and an almost literal inability to assess clear facts when your prior positions want to create blind spots. Now, look, that policy might work for the Swedes. Tegnell, by the way, is an actual scientist, and he will tell you that chasing herd immunity isn't why Sweden underwent its experiment. Technel is pretty popular and most Swedes aren't in a state of disinformation. They know there are a lot of deaths now and they hope that next year there will be a big drop off in the usual deaths they see. The idea being that the disease ravaged the elderly, nursing homes, people who were, to be blunt, going to die anyway. You don't hear that sentiment in America. The Americans who promote the Swedish experiment do so by comparing the country to one of a few other European nations that are actually hit harder, and also by downplaying the glaring statistical evidence in front of them. It's not only America, and it's not even the worst of America. The New York Times had an article that was way too positive about the Swedish experiment. The Spectator, the British publication once edited by Boris Johnson, ran a headline a few weeks ago that said, the Swedish experiment looks like it's paying off. It is not. I direct you to this headline from the Wall Street Journal a few days ago. Sweden has avoided a coronavirus lockdown. Its economy is hurting anyway. In Sweden, the experiment failed on one front, maybe two. Death in the economy. It didn't save more Swedish lives, but they at least understand the facts and the implications of the facts. But in America, the Swedish experiment is a failure on all fronts. It failed to save Swedish lives, and those pointing to Sweden as a success are failing to see what really happened. I'm all for learning lessons when they occur, but that depends on an openness to facts and a basic mental capacity to interpret what those facts actually say. We now have a much clearer picture of what the facts actually say, and they say that Sweden actually did pretty well. According to a study put forward by The Spectator, as you heard the outlet once edited by Boris Johnson, Sweden had the lowest or one of the lowest excess mortality figures in the country. Excess mortality is the number of people who die in a year compared to the number expected to die based on previous years. Sweden during the pandemic had 19,000 or so excess deaths. The United States, a country with over 30 times the population, had 1.35 million excess deaths, meaning 70 times the excess deaths. Sweden's excess death rate, 184 per 100. It was better than Finland. It was a little worse than Norway and Denmark. It was much better than Germany. So this is exactly the statistic that I was talking about, where I hope that careful people would allow accurate statistics to influence their opinion. But I noticed that after I issued my spiel and parried with a few angry listeners and kept tabs on the country's progress... I engaged in that checking in less and less each month, and the lesson of Sweden slipped from my view. It sort of solidified as, well, they got it wrong, but they didn't. So I'm going in the next segment to ask, why did I let that all happen? So let the record be corrected in this segment and let the mistakes be analyzed in the next.
So after I issue a spiel that has perhaps controversial views, I stay abreast of the issue. I want to make sure I didn't get anything wrong, you know, on a factual or numbers level, but not just the facts or the phrasing. I want to make sure my analysis stays directionally correct. With my declaration that Sweden's experience was, abjectly speaking, one of the worst outcomes of any country in the world, well, for a time that seemed right on. I read an article in the New York Times two months later, headline, Sweden has become the world's cautionary tale. I read a Time Magazine article three months after that. The Swedish COVID-19 response is a disaster. It shouldn't be a model for the rest of the world. And that was written by a Swedish human rights activist and a Swedish biologist and chemist at the University of Gothenburg. I responded to a listener. This listener wrote in saying, please stop being inaccurate about Sweden and Corona. Please stop making up alternative facts. You can only milk this for so long. Please stop saying Sweden is a disaster area. You know damn well it's just fine. Year-to-year death certificate numbers comparisons is the only statistic that matters. I immediately wrote to him, I accurately quoted death rates and compared to the other countries, which is how the death toll is calculated everywhere. If you want to take into account excess death rates, that's fine. Send me those stats. If you could do so without insulting me, that would be great too. He didn't because at the time the stats were not in his favor. He was also wrong that year-to-year death toll is all that matters. That particular stat, the excess mortality, that really does downplay the tragedy of losing loved ones who are already old. If your policies kill the very old, as Sweden's did, as New York State's did, it won't be picked up so much in excess mortality deaths, even though they were anguishing deaths that were possibly preventable with better lockdowns. But it must be said, and I'm the one to say it, Sweden did not do badly at all. By some measures, it did very well. But that fact, that actual fact, didn't get a fraction of the scathing criticism of Sweden that I participated in. Here, just over a year ago, the Canadian public affairs show The Agenda interviewed Lena Einhorn, identified as a Swedish virologist. I would say... um there is only one thing that is brought up about Sweden that that they, you know, is sort of a consensus that maybe there Sweden did right and others did wrong, and that is that children uh, went to school uh, for the, you know, the first in the first wave. Otherwise, I don't think there's anything good that really can be said about the Swedish pandemic. And we can. When the Swedish experiment seemed to be going awfully, Einhorn was widely quoted identified as a virologist in such outlets as the CBC, The Guardian, and The Washington Post. Occasionally, she would be correctly identified as a former virologist, but when the statistics became clear, and it turned out Sweden's experiment was mostly working or not a huge failure, she wasn't identified at all. She wasn't even quoted. As a voice in the public debate, she just disappeared. In 2020, there were gigantic gigantic number of articles aghast at what was happening in Sweden. By 2023, there were very, very few reporting what actually happened and in effect correcting the record. So I'll do that now as best I can in the biggest outlet I control. This one, the gist. And I'll keep doing it all week as I continue to utter the hardest words of all, to quote Fonzie. Ralph, I was ruined. Stuck in my throat there, stuck in my throat. Ralph, look. I was wrong. And I was wrong to dismiss the Swedish experiment as a clear and utter failure to portray the early results as all the evidence we needed. I was wrong. 
And stay tuned, because I'll be wrong all week. That's it for today's show. The Gist is produced by Corey Wara. The senior producer is Joel Patterson. Michelle Pesca is CLO of Peachfish Productions. The Gist is presented in collaboration with Libsyn's AdvertiseCast for advertising inquiries. Go to AdvertiseCast.com slash The Gist. Oomperoo, Jeeperoo, Dooperoo, and thanks for listening.